All right, welcome back to the Grindstone Adventure Podcast, Episode 2 with Stephen Fondrist. Um, I may have forgot to introduce myself in the last podcast. Um, I'm the host, Zach Fuhr. I'm located in West Virginia right now, real close to Kentucky. Um, it's been a dream for a long time. Uh, big bow hunter. Uh, I like gun hunting, but I'd rather just go shoot for fun. It's more intimate, more challenging to go bow hunt. Um, this this podcast is going to be a relaxed version of the content YouTube channel. Um, cursing, uh, boys being boys, talk, whatever. So if you're kind of wondering why there was such a different discrepancy down the road, that's why this is supposed to be more fun, more conversational, just buddies being buddies type deal. So, uh, like I said, this is episode two, and we're just going to continue the conversation that me and Lane had about hunting and different species and going to what we like and stuff like that. So, with that being done, um, here's Steven. What's going on, buddy? Uh, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm all right. I'm pretty good day so far. And so you got off work early this morning, didn't you? No, I got off at uh, 12. We had some snow roll in, so I was fighting snow all night. So do you work for the state or do you look for, work for the county? I work for the state. Okay. So you making yeah. them big dollars. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so you drive like salt truck or plow truck? Uh, it's it's all in the stand. We have the plows on the front of the truck and we have the salt in the bed. Yeah. So. Yeah. How long have you been working there? Uh, two years and about four months. You like it? Yeah, it's not bad. Good benefits, okay. especially for being the state. No, like I, I'd imagine state benefits probably pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so like I was saying, this is Stephen, and I'll let him go ahead and give a little introduction on himself. So yeah, I'm uh, Stephen. Like I said, I work for the state. Um, been hunting for about 15 years. Uh, live in Strasburg, Ohio. So, just a little bit about me. Not much. Good old Stras Vegas. I miss it sometimes. Yeah, not much. <laughs> it's gotten a little too big nowadays. Uh, it really has. Uh, so is Carrollton, though. Yeah. Uh, since I've been there. Yeah. It's been about two weeks for me. I'll be back there this weekend. Um, so me and Steven, actually, we went to elementary grade school together until I moved away to Carrollton, sixth grade, I think it was, but we've, we've been friends for a long time. So that, that, uh, conversation with Lane, he's been a friend of mine real long time, but I actually grew up starting out with Steven. So I've known him twice as long. So, uh, what kind of, what kind of hunting have you gotten into this season just uh just deer hunting this year uh and uh deer and turkey okay which one's your favorite uh you know i always say this if i had to hunt one animal for the rest of my life it'd be deer uh even though i love i I do all kinds of hunting uh predator uh waterfowl deer hunting turkey hunting yeah but I gotta say, deer is my favorite. That's more than I hunt. I, I coyote hunt occasionally. I like to deer hunt, and sometimes I'll do a pheasant hunt on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I want to get into more uh, game birds.
kind of hunting too. That's fun. It's more relaxed. <laughs> you ain't got to be quiet the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And say, I want to get into some waterfowl hunting. I got some other buddies that I'm uh, trying to get me to get them to let me in on it and see that what that's like. You might uh, you might know the one guy. He's from Dover. I'll I'll say his name after we get off the podcast. But yeah. So your how'd your deer season go? I mean, I know we've already talked about this stuff behind scenes and stuff, but how how would you say your season went? Because not all. A season doesn't always have to end in success with a deer on the ground. It can be successful without that. No kidding. Uh, well, I haven't shot one. Um, I have passed up. I've passed up many does and stuff, kind of in the early season. Um, you know, the hunting to. I'm gonna wait till I get a buck, and but uh, I mean, I've I've had some some bucks walk by. Nothing big enough. I mean, per the uh, landowners. Uh, request i mean nothing you can shoot so i mean what what's the landowner's uh, requirements eight point uh, map or something they, no they want they want big mature deer i'm not like they don't have to be big but they want old deer i mean like four or five yeah four plus pretty much that's pretty good deer management though yeah how many people hunt on the property um so i would say one two three four I'd say around eight. Eight people? Yeah, for 500 acres. 500 acres, eight people. That, do y'all like space out pretty good, or is it like a lot of times you guys are stepping on each other's toes? Uh, we all have. There's there's food plots, tree stands everywhere. Are you like friends I mean, with everybody that's got permission there? What's that? Are you friends with everybody that's got permission to hunt there? I mean, yeah, I've, I've come to know them. Uh, I first started hunting out there in about 2014 when I met my buddy at college and I've got, I've got to know his uh, family pretty well. So that's good. It's always easier to hunt property with other people on it when everybody can be friends. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So what, why didn't you take any does this year? You said you passed up some was just waiting on a buck or they just, they weren't big enough or it was too warm. Um, passed up does because the landowner, um, when I went first down, when I went down there for opening day, I was going to shoot a doe, but landowners didn't want any doe shot yet because they wanted uh, they time? wanted to check the trail cameras and. What make time sure. of year was this? What's that? What time of year was this? Oh, uh, this was opening day, so. Oh, so late September. September, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it was pretty. Like me and Lane said last night, it was. Uh, it, stupid warm early season this year like when i killed my buck in two weeks into the season this year it was 78 80 degrees even up to 11 o'clock at night <clears throat> excuse me yeah that's why i didn't wait to get him quartered and cut up and within 48 hours but yeah yeah i totally understand passing up some does early season it's a lot of work for a lot of work for that early in the season yeah, but I need a deer meat. <laughs> yeah, I get I'm, that. I'm out. My one buddy in Carrollton, he kept telling me he's going to walk out on his porch and shoot one. And I said, all right, you let me know how that works for you. Yep. And he's now asking me who to buy beef from because he didn't get a deer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, been there. 
I mean, I'm not the greatest hunter. I don't know everything, but I at least know enough to get someone a doe. And he doesn't care how big they are. So, I mean, I could at least get him on something, and it's his property, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could have easily shot. I, I could have shot many doe this year if I wanted to, but, again, it was a landowner's request, so. Yeah. I had to, had to bite it. Well, if it's good property, the landowner requests aren't that aren't that unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, my property, it's. There's no limit to what you can shoot or what you can't shoot. It's just stay away from a certain part of the property because the owner's brother lives there and they don't like any hunting around him, which I don't make it over on that side of the property anyways. It's not a lot of access points and I haven't scouted very well over there. Plus, you know, like I said, they want me to stay away from that side. So, But there has been instances where the Amish that go and gun hunt that property have failed to listen multiple years in a row and go hunt, and they were found in a creek bed hunting during gun season, right about 100 yards behind their double white house. <laughs> I, I I don't like the Zamish. The landowner isn't fond of them. However, they did build a garage for them. So, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them for taking the contract deal that they took because it was a pretty good deal. There And there's yeah. no telling that they were going to turn out the way they did and not care because those Amish people – and this isn't for all Amish, if anybody thinks I'm being mean to Amish. It, no, I have Amish buddies. It's just this certain group, they don't care who you are or where you're hunting. If they are the, they come down to hunt that property, it's theirs to hunt in their eyes. Yeah. They've yeah, walked they up take... on me twice within 10 feet of me during gun seasons. Yeah. Uh, anybody knows anything about gun hunting, that is unsafe. So. <laughs> I've been shot at before. No, I have been too. But, yeah, so that... I understand how having good good friends or people you can get along with on a property that you hunt with, because yeah. I have the opposite of it, and it pretty much tanks the, from mid-November through the rest of the season. It pretty much tanks the property. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what's your plan for turkey season? I don't know when the season opens up or if it's what you're waiting on spring turkey now or fall is about to come in. I don't I don't know how that's work that works, but. What's your plan yeah, there? I mainly, I mainly do all my turkey hunting in the spring. That way, because once it hits fall, I'm, I'm going for deer only. Yeah. Um, but I don't know when it starts this coming spring. But usually I go down opening day and uh, hunt. So I'll spend a, a weekend down there. Me and my buddy will go down. We'll hunt. You guys do like a tag team where one guy sits and calls and the other guy gets ready? Sometimes we do. Other times we uh, just break off and do our own thing. Yeah. It's easy to do when you got 500 acres, you can go wherever you want. Oh, I'm sure. I seen the other day, I was watching Bone Collector on my outdoor TV app. I think it was last Thursday or something like that. And I was watching Waddell in 2020 take his uh, family out while they were supposed to be quarantining and everything was shut down early in COVID. He took his family out to go turkey hunting and the way he... He kept saying something about shooting birds out from under people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And as the video went on, he, his one boy, his, I think it was his oldest boy at the time, shot out a turkey from under his youngest son because his youngest son didn't have a shot. And they'd already <laughs> struck out once that day. So then I was like, oh, okay, that's what he means. And then it was just a bunch of turkey hunting episodes. And I don't do, I've never gone turkey hunting, never really looked into it, but it's something I'd be willing to go film some people do. Uh, it's definitely, uh, I think, something you should get into. It's it's definitely, I don't know if it's harder than whitetail hunting. 
Uh, but it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. Obviously, you got to be able to call and sit still. Yeah. And that there lies in my problem. I don't know how to call, and I I struggle yeah. to sit still. Better. They have really good vision too. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, they can actually see color. Yeah, that's why you don't wear orange during turkey hunting. Yeah, camouflage is uh, one of the most important things. Yeah. Well, what's your biggest bird? I know you sent me a picture of a couple the other day. Um, so I've only shot one. He was just a Jake. Um, so he wasn't like a full-grown Tom. But it was my first turkey he came in, so I didn't pass it up. Yeah, I don't blame you. I would have done the same thing. When we first moved to Carrollton, well, not when we first moved there, but by the time we hit high school, say eighth grade, freshman, maybe sophomore year, somewhere in them three years time period, my dad brought home a turkey uh, from, I don't remember where, I think it was my buddy Joe's house at his family farm. Um, he brought home turkey. It was a Jake at the time, and we just started feeding it sweet horse feed. And, like, the thing was, like, trained, I guess you could say. I mean, it was... It wasn't trained. It wasn't a wild turkey, but it, I mean, I couldn't say it was trained. Not at that point, anyways. So, hey, we were feeding him sweet horse feed and stuff, and, like, he grew into a fat tom. Like, a big old thing. I don't remember how big the beard was or the spurs or whatever, but we we just kept feeding them. Like, I asked my dad one day, I remember, and I said, so are we going to, like, shoot, and we named him Tom. I was like, are we going to shoot Tom and eat him? My dad's like, no, he's my pet. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, me and my dad, I don't know if Andy or Megan, I don't think Megan would have. Mom, definitely not. But me and dad definitely could sit on the front of the porch on the steps in the mornings and call for Tom. Just be like, hey, Tom, Tom, come here. And he'd, he'd strut right up to you, dragging his feathers full, full flailed out. Yep. And he'd walk right up to you and you could just start scratching him on top of the head and he'd sit there and enjoy it and start chirping. It was cool as hell. Uh, but he, he was probably over 30, 40 pounds. He was a big yeah. bird. He probably would have been tough to eat, but... Yeah, that's huge. I remember he was a great guard dog. If you, I don't know why it was this way, but if you drove forward, you would not be able to get out of your vehicle. He, he attacked people that drove forwards. He actually drew blood on a couple people by spurring them and pecking at them. And it was hilarious. But if you drove anything else, you were fine. So it was really weird. But it was awesome at the same time because I'd sick him on my buddies that drove Fords. Uh, Lane actually almost killed him because he was pissed off that he was pecking at him. And yeah. One, my mom would yell at him as he's screaming through the front yard to try and get the mailman or whatever. Mom would be like, hey, what the hell you think you're doing? And he'd just stop and flutter his wings and then go back to whatever he was doing it was like a trained dog and a bird <laughs> it was really funny and then one day we went to school dad was at work mom went to town five miles in from where we live and then she come back and he was gone someone stole him no feathers no trace just stole him i mean he wasn't going to run away he'd been there for two years three years at this point he knew where his food was coming from so he wasn't going to run away probably found a woman Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Women seem to steal everything from you. And their shit. Uh, yeah. I think I'd want another turkey as a pet, but only if it acted like Tom Tom did. If it acted anything worse or it didn't listen and it was a pain in the ass to me or a dickhead, 
Well, I'll fucking flatten that sucker and eat him. Yep, that's dinner. Right. So, what's your what's your uh, biggest deer look like? Uh, well, I have yet to shoot a buck, unless you want to count like I've shot two button bucks. Uh, then I shot a buck that dropped his antlers early, so I have no idea how big he was. And I shot a doe, so my I don't know. I have no idea. I wish I could have got the antlers off the one that I shot, but he lost them somewhere. Early, did he? I shot him muzzleloader season. Oh, okay. It was like early January, and yeah. So, did you think he was a doe when you shot him? Yeah, because he came out with a couple other deer, and I was like, "Oh, it's just a group of does coming out." Take the big one. Yeah, and it definitely was the biggest one. (laughs) Makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah. So I have no idea. He could have been a 180-inch deer, and I have no idea. Never did find any of the horns? No. Nope. That's what I'm going to do this weekend when I get back from work. I'm going to go out and shed hunt. Place another. I'm going to put one of my cameras up, because I took them all down two weeks ago. I'm going to put the one up where I think that 12-point is, Roman, so I can see if he's in the area. And if he doesn't show up by August, then I'm going to assume he got taken out during gun se- one of the gun seasons. seen bucks for like a couple of days ago I, they still have their antlers yeah so i don't know if they're if some are dropping yet or if it's still too early that this cold snapping all the snow is probably pretty good for it i, I know a couple of buddies already been out in ohio over by hawking uh ben rising's been out looking and finding sheds and a couple of yeah. buddies up in the Carrollton area has been out hunting for them already yeah, i mean you can't find them if you're sitting on the couch you're, you're right. And that's been my problem the last 15 years I've been hunting. I've never gone out shed hunting willingly. I, I remember going out with my buddy Zach, and we just clawed trumping all over the freaking place, and I didn't understand the concept then. I think we were freshman, sophomore in high school. And we ended up going through a cornfield after it had been picked, and it was just nothing but mud. And We had to climb a hill to get back to where the truck was, and... You know how it is walking through wet mud. It, it just makes everything 10 pounds heavier. Yep. So I told him, I was like, look, I'm going back up the truck, and then I'm going home. You could sit out here and hop through these woods with 10 pounds on your feet. I ain't doing it. I haven't so really I been out told, since. I was always told to obviously look where they bed, where they spend most of the time. So where they bed, where they feed. Um, if you look for... Uh, trails going up and down hills because if they're if they're running up a hill you know they're going to be bobbing their head back and forth not shaking uh it's supposed to i mean it's a good place to look um places where they like jump across like a creek or something yeah so you're saying like vertical trails but not horizontal trails yeah that's what i was always told because they're going to have more head movement like going up a going up a hill they're going to you know yeah uh, bob their head back and forth I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, that's that's what I was always told. I've never found a shed, though, before. I mean, I found a deadhead or two in my time, but... Yeah, I found a couple deadheads, and I found one shed. If I get a good set of... If I find a good set of sheds this year, whether they're matching or not, as long as they're not that 12 points, I might try and make something out of them. Yeah. But 
If it's at 12 points, I'm going to hold on to those suckers, and that probably means he made it through the gun season. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd make rattling antlers out of them. I just bought a black rack and extinguisher it two days that's ago. What I, yeah, that's what I have. I'm going to start practicing on calling and stuff. I hit the extinguisher call a couple of times and while I was testing out my equipment here and see how mm-hmm. far the mic would pick up. It actually sounded like a buck. Yeah. It sounded like a buck during the rut, so, but it, it didn't sound bad. The rat, hitting the black racket sounded like I definitely need to work because it sounded like I was hitting them too often. What do you mean by too often? Making too much noise with them, like, you know, when a, when whitetails lock up, yeah. they're going to make some scraping and some sound like that, but it's not going to yeah. sit there and be like, the whole time. Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds, that's kind of what it sounded like when I was doing Like, I was just continuously smacking them together. I was like, well, that's not not quite how it sounds out in the, out in the woods. Yeah, well, if I ever see you any time, I'll show you how. I mean, so I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. I've well, actually, yeah, I'll be in Strasburg Saturday morning. We got butchering down, you know where my grandma and grandma, grandpa used to live, right? No, I don't. Down there towards Hog Heaven. Oh, okay. Where the cars are always parked along the side of the road this time of year. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'll be down there cutting up probably six hogs this weekend coming. I don't know if I'm going to take my bow with me. I probably should just to keep practicing, but I felt kind of weird taking it in the hotel last week. Just inside the room. Yeah, about an eight-yard shot. I mean, that's what I do down here in my apartment. I set up in the kitchen, target by the door, and I shoot seven yards. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, do anything other than create muscle memory and get comfortable uh, pulling back and holding it back and stuff. Exactly. It's, I got so I got so much shit this year for that. Like, I mean, I've been shooting the compound. Oh, fuck. Uh, six, seven years. Yeah. And it's all muscle memory. I literally picked up my bow opening day, or not the day before opening day for deer season, and I put. Uh, I started at 20, I put three arrows, well, pretty much in the bullseye, I go back to 30, I do the same, then I took a shot at 40 and 50, I hit them right beside each other. I've only shot around 45 yards once, and that was when I adjusted my sights last time, which I think I need to make another adjustment, but I'm not sure, because I mean, even in this apartment, it's seven, seven yards, if I put the top pin right on the dot, hitting low and left by like an inch each way. I don't know if that means I need to make an adjustment or if it'll even itself out at better yardage. Yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But it's also been so freaking cold outside, it's not something I want to do right now to go outside and shoot. Yeah, I don't blame you. But, yeah, I've got this uh, Delta McKenzie target. It's a four-sided target and 
the way it feels is it's like a bunch of feed sacks stuffed into a small square. Yeah. And I'm on my third side. I've already shot so much into the two sides that if I shoot again, it might go through all the way through the target and hit the door behind me. So, which I mean, I did bring a youth foam block to stick behind it just in case, but oof, I feel like I'm gonna have to spend some money here soon. What kind of bow do you have? I have a Bear Authority compound. How old is that? That that sounds... I think oh, my buddy geez. used to have one. Uh, you know, I don't remember how old it is. <clears throat> but I've had it for a good four or five years. What kind of setup do you have on it? You have like a Trophy Ridge Sight, Whisker Biscuit? I have a, uh, I have a one-pin sight on it. An HHA uh, one pin? Yeah. Yep. Is it the newer one or the older one? So I think it was the newer when I got it. Those uh, are expensive now. Yeah. Um, I, I spent a good 250 almost, I want to say 300 for it. Oh, I believe it. Is it the one with the dial where you just crank it to the right color and it'll, for, I mean, each color is a different yard pin? you talked about um mine's another one that actually has i can set it to every single yard so if there's a deer at 18 yards i can set it to 18 if it's a, there's a deer at 36 i can move it to 36 and so, it and it automatically puts it right where you're sighted in every time yeah no kid i might have to take my trophy ridge off and throw one of those on there yeah it's it's it was a pain in the ass to kind of get it sighted in uh because you have to shoot once at like 20 yards and then once you get uh, that sighted in at like 20 uh, then you select the number that best fits where you're shooting so let's say you shoot at 20 yards and you go to number like 20 you're still shooting a little like high or low and then you adjust it to like the number until you're hitting dead even then if that number ends up being like 24 you take 24 then you go to 60 yards and then you shoot at 60 yards until you find it and then you take those two numbers and subtract it and that gives you the take that you need for your bow that sounds very confusing it, yeah it was <laughs> how'd you figure all that out did you take it to a shop no i i uh watched a video on youtube of a guy psyched it in oh okay yeah, that sounds yeah. confusing, but I mean, what if you once you get it sighted in, the hardest part is hitting it with the rangefinder to figure out what where you need it. Yeah, it's so my tape. I want to say my tape is like forty three. Yeah. Once I got numbers, but it, it judges by the feet per second. I so, don't know what my feet per second is, but yeah, there's like a hundred, a hundred tapes. So I gotta get. I gotta get good at shooting by 2023. I need to get at least sighted in and comfortable shooting out to 60 yards. Which is gonna suck because I don't know if I'll be able to see down the peep sight and through the pit, the pins at 60 yards. But that's, it's definitely a lot better with having a one pin uh, for that. Yeah, I got a Trophy Ridge five pin. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, brand new, but. 
Is that the one kind of like the same concept? You just twist one dial and all the all the move. No, they're fixed. Oh, okay. yeah. So I know Trophy Ridge uh, has one like that. It's very expensive too, but you twist the dial and all like five pins move, and you just you sight it in that way. So if you want to stick with a five pin, I recommend getting that. Well, I got but, the five pin whenever I bought my boat because I bought a bare legit wildfire camo a month after I shot my buck this year with the crossbow. So, I it just came with it. Like I took the Trophy Ridge stabilizer off, and I, when I bought my Tacticam, I put that on there. When I bought my Whitetail Edge uh, wrist loop, I put that on there. Um, my buddy wants me to get a different uh, peep sight because I have the one with the rubber on it still, which I don't mind it as long as I keep the tail out of it. Yeah, as long as I keep the tail from the one knot out of my line of sight, it's not bad. I need another yeah. D loop because I've shot it enough already. It's starting to fray and be get loose on the one side. Yeah, I, I need to get a new uh, string for my bow. That's not cheap. I'm not gonna go to like a bow shop. Yeah. And get it. I'm actually gonna go online to a place that actually does that for a living. Um, I don't know if They're, they do it, but what's what's that place in Philly over there by the mall? I think they might do stuff like that. I know Miller's and Sugar Creek does. Northeast Outdoors? Yeah, does Northeast do it? Uh, not that I know of. I know uh, All American Outdoors in Strasburg does. Yeah, but they're never open. Um, At least not when I'm in town. Yeah. So, I mean, I went there for the string that I have on my bow, but my string is probably three years old. Yeah. So... It's, you can see it's starting to fray a little bit, so I'm going to... Give Miller's a call out there in Sugar Creek, um, Amish country. It's an Amish-run run hunting store. It, it's a... Dude, it's great. That's where I took my hunter safety course when I was young. It's where I I love to go hunt there. I haven't been there in years and years because I just moved away, and then I moved even further away, and now it's... I never have enough in me to be like, all right, I got this. I got the cash. I can just go out there just in case I do buy something because I'm like, if I go out there and buying something, then I don't have the money for it. Yeah, I was just out there a couple weeks ago. Is it still kind of the same setup? Yeah. Man, I didn't get there. I mean, I've been there a couple times, but I went out there to get more uh, primers from my muzzleloader. 209? Yeah. My dad couldn't find those a while back, but... Uh, now he's looking for a powder measurer for a pistol block powder because I bought him last year uh, in 2020. I bought him a Pieta short barrel. I think it's... I don't remember what caliber it is. Maybe 38? Mm-hmm. Maybe bigger. I don't remember. But I bought him a black powder pistol. Pieta. And he's never fired it because he hasn't had stuff to do it. I mean, now he's got balls, he's got patches, he's got the uh, bore butter, and we have primers, because it's just percussion caps. But he hasn't had the powder measure, because he doesn't want to put too much in or too little in. Yeah, right. And no one has the little ones. Everybody's got the big ones. I mean, I did find a little one, but it was in a whole kit. It, yeah, up at Fin Feather and Fern, it's fifty dollars, and I was like, "Yeah, I ain't getting that for you, Dad. I already spent two hundred dollars on the gun." <laughs> yeah, you can get it yourself. Right. 
which he said, I don't need all that anyways. I just need the powder measure. So I was like, well, wait till after a season, and then someone's going to have one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need to quit spending so much money. <laughs> I just finished up my one AR pistol build. Um, I bought that black rack and extinguisher. Yeah, I've I've been uh, spending too much money on shit, yeah. hunting and. I always tell myself I don't need anything else. I don't need anything. But you always but, need more. But but then I go to the store. I'm like, you know, I could use this. Right. Like I wouldn't have bought that black rack. I mean, they're both the grunt call and the rattle set. Typically, they're both around twenty dollars each. Yeah. And this place in Marietta, Bridgeport, Bridgeport Motorsports, Bridgeport Outdoor, something like that. It's like a Royal King, but for Marietta. Yeah. I went in there, I was looking around, I kept hearing about it and how great it was. So I was like, I'm going to go check it out. And this was last week. I went in there and checked it out. It's pretty cool. I'll take Royal King, though. Or, you know, a better hunting store. I walked in there and they had this, the extinguisher for twenty one ninety nine separate. No, the black rack was twenty one ninety nine separate, and then the extinguisher was like eighteen ninety nine separate. Good. So it would have come out like thirty eight forty plus dollars after tax, and I know I looked a little lower, and they had the combo set for on sale for thirty two dollars. That's no brainer. I was like, no shit. So I grabbed a hold of that, and I bought a uh, some wall decor. It was a Coors Light sign. And I, I, that was ten dollars. I walked up to the register, dude. I didn't even pay forty five dollars. I walked yeah. out there with both of them. So I mean, they made sense for that because I've been watching the Black Rack on uh, Capital One Shopping keep price, uh, pricing it every couple weeks, and it wasn't going down. It was the buy both of them was still looking at like almost fifty bucks, and I was like, yep, nope. But now I ain't got to worry about it. Yep. Now I just need to quit spending so much money on my camera equipment and stuff for doing all this. <laughs> I mean, dude, I've, I've spent some money on this stuff already. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it and I'm having fun with this. Exactly. I mean, eventually, hopefully, I can uh, get someone to do it in person, but I know that's hard with me being down here and most people being up there. Up there in Ohio, not West Virginia. And the quality came out pretty good with Wayne on the last episode, so, and he was all the way up in Toledo on the phone call, so, I mean, it was quite a ways away before, between services. Yeah. Have you looked into getting any camera stuff or anything like that? You said any camo stuff? Camera. Cam uh, I mean, I've looked at it. Everything is just expensive. Right. I mean, uh, I got a Tacticam kit. Uh, it was like yeah. right on the button. Two hundred dollars, or maybe a little less. Yeah, I have a, I have a GoPro. That's that'll work. Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm getting a GoPro. I put it on my barrel of my gun whenever I'm gun hunting, and I put it on my. Uh, oh shit! Why can I not think of it? On my compound bow. Your stabilizer. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's what I told my buddy Zach to do. He's got a GoPro, eight something like that and he, yeah. had, he had a GoPro 3 and he said I asked him how much he wanted for it and he said he was going to just give it to me he gave me the the head rest thing like a headlight so I got that already 
I have the clear case, but I don't have the GoPro because he can't find it. Yeah. Once I have that, then I'll be set to go. I don't know what I want to do with it, though, because I'll have three cameras at that point. And I'm wondering, do I want to put the GoPro on the ground where I expect the deer to be to get a ground-level view of what's happening to add into it since I'll have the Tacticam in the bow, and then I'll have my phone... Um, aimed on me for my reaction and the other camera in front of me on the camera arm to get the whole experience so I don't know what I want to do with it yet or if I want to swap out my phone and the GoPro and save my phone I don't know I got time to think about it though test out a bunch of different theories I mean I'd probably use the GoPro instead of your phone yeah maybe a little smaller yeah I mean my phone the problem with what I did with my phone this year is, you know how modern hunting is. Yeah. What was that one TikTok or whatever? They were like, time to check my social medias or whatever. And you <laughs> sit in a tree stand, you play on your phone, and then you look up and you're like, oh, there's four deer looking at me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me twice already this, uh, uh, this year. I had similar thing happen to me when I killed my buck. Like, um, the only reason I did I could have filmed it. Um, but the problem is I would have had to turn the infrared light on and film it in black and white because yeah. of how f- much daylight the fog sucked out on that day. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would have got some calls from the game more than saying, hey, did you shoot this buck after dark? <laughs> when I shot it a half hour before dark. So yeah. right at right at the end of shooting light is when he showed up. But I could have got, I mean, the camera has infrared ability, so I could have got it, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to make even go through that hassle, but what happened was, uh, Farmer B- Brown, call him. It's not his name, but we'll call Farmer Brown. Come down. I'm sitting next to a property line on the field, um, and he comes down. He decides, which he knows which vehicle I drive. He knows where I park. Sees me go past his house, so he knows when I'm out there in the woods. So he comes out and decides, you know what? I'm gonna spread some shit at six o'clock tonight. You know, it gets dark at 7 in October, early October. So he's out there spreading shit in his side of the field, making sure he's taking a sweet-ass time. I'm like, dude, this is this is some bullshit. And uh, so then I keep playing on my phone. I look up. I have a tree stand I put in a tree 150, 200 yards away in the corner of the field I was in that I just I didn't sit in that night because I knew where the buck was over where I was sitting at, and I kicked him up the night before when I was sitting on the ground. So I climbed up a tree stand that was not safe, and I did not have a hunter safety system on or a harness, which people don't do that. I just have no fear of falling 30 feet out of the tree stand. Um, But what makes the tree stand dangerous, I mean, it's padlocked into a tree, so the platform's not going anywhere. It's been there for years and years, as far as I can tell. Um, But whoever put it up there put it up there like a dipshit because the platform is set too high compared to the ladder. So as soon as you put weight on that ladder, it sucks it out of the platform, and then all you've got is the bracing that swivel, like can pivot and stuff. So yeah. I was sitting up in that tree stand. So it wasn't the smartest idea. It wasn't the safest idea, but it worked. And I was like, oh, there's a deer over there. It looked like a doe. I was like, I'm in the wrong fucking tree stand. God damn it. Um, fog bank rolls in. I'm like, well, there goes the camera light. 
better put all this shit away because I don't have a flashlight and I know how that ladder is going to be getting down. So I'd better get my shit packed up and get ready to get down here before it gets dark. <clears throat> so I had reached up, grabbed my phone off the camera arm, started to put my phone in my pocket and unscrew the camera arm for the phone when I heard a splash in the creek behind me. It was like identical to the night before, only a different time. And he, this time he's coming from the opposite direction, doing the same thing. And that's when I started freaking out and grabbed the bow, yada, yada. And, you know, swung around when he bent me up so far, I had to spin back around. And I'm about 20 feet above him at this point. And he has no idea I'm there. Wind's in my favor. And I smack a tree branch. He didn't even notice. Come around, I get a good angle. And I rushed my shot. And that's the only reason I had shot in the spine. I, I wish I could take back the initial shot. But you know what? I got him in the freezer anyways. Um I put him in the scope, and I just seen Brown, and I pulled the trigger. Yeah. Hit him in the spine, dropped him. I caught the upper part of one lung with that arrow, blasted an inch and a half hole through his spine, and then, yeah, I hopped out a tree stand, went to shoot him again. It skid off his shoulder blade, just stuck inside the fur, and then so I went through his pump house in the front, and that was it. But it was still a challenge to get out of that tree stand because I had to stop after I seen him down. I had to stop. Take the camera off the arm, put the camera away, put the lens cap on, protector on, and then I had to get that arm, put it away, then I had to get my hooks away, get the bag on my back, and then hop out the tree. So, I mean, I definitely almost probably died that night and just climbing up and down that ladder because I had to push off the tree just to set it to where I could get on the platform three or four times. And the property owner wants me to take it down. I'm like, well, can I just like reset it because it's in a good spot. That's my buddy's mom, so she she probably wouldn't mind me doing that. But I told her it wasn't safe, so she's like, yeah, it either needs fixed or to come out because I don't want anybody else in there. Yeah. Which I get, you know, no liability. Exactly. So how long have you been hunting turkey? Um, I've been hunting turkey for... Fifteen years. I've probably been hunting turkey for about eight, nine years. Who got you into it? Well, the first ever turkey hunt that I went on, my neighbor took me. Uh, we went to Salt Fork, and we got on his boat. What we would do was, uh, we would he would drive his boat around. We'd kind of go up to a hillside, we shut the boat off, and we start calling. And if we heard a gobble, we got out of the boat, walked up the hill, and so that's what we did. Um, I had one in, I had one really close, but I didn't put my contacts in that morning, so it was just all fuzzy and I couldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah, I don't... The thing that you do once and you're hooked. Does Forrest go turkey hunt now at the cabin? think so okay i'm gonna say I, I couldn't remember but it seems like all of my buddies go turkey hunting but me oh it's fun dude <clears throat> like i don't know jack's squad about turkey hunting like i would not want to deal with having to pluck feathers after you kill it and stuff but it would be cool to kill uh, one and get it mounted it's not bad it's not bad but i'm i'm thinking i might try and get into it here in a couple years focus on a couple things at once right now but because I, I do want to get into waterfowl hunting too like 
duck and geese. I know duck probably tastes very good. And I kind of want some, but I don't have anybody to give me some meat. Goose, on the other hand, you have to, in my opinion, you have to cook goose uh, the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the same. I don't don't know how to describe it, but it was just greasy. Right way, then it's it's not good. Yeah, most people only take the breasts out of geese, anyways. Oh yeah, that's all I do. Yeah, but yeah, next next year in 2023, I'm going out to Colorado. I'm gonna do a over-the-counter elk hunt with my bow. Yeah, that would be sweet. My buddy did it last year, Lane. He's doing it again this year. So by the time we get, I get out there, 2023, we may be doing it at the same time. We may not. We may plan to do it at the same time. I, I don't know. Um, but at, by that time, I'm gonna be like, hey, you know what you're doing now. Give me some tips. But yeah. my buddy Joe, who's in the army, he he'll be out there some point out in the west. He doesn't know what state or anything, but and my I'm probably thinking he'll be close enough to drive to Colorado and draw or get a over the tag counter with me or over the counter tag with me and then me and him go out and do it but because he likes to deer hunt and stuff he likes shooting his bow but because he's been in the army since we graduated high school he doesn't have a lot of time to go out and spend learning how to do it and doing what I do I've been doing the last three years he just he comes back he hunts when he can and whatever he shoots he has me come help him uh, clean it and get it butchered so I think he'd be a good one to take out there because he'll learn just as much as I will and he'll enjoy it that much more yep. yeah we'll see what you never know what the army schedule though if he can do it or not I wonder what Tom's doing I, I, did he go out deer hunting or did he move or him moving kind of cut his deer season short Tom Addy he moved back so uh oh he's not yeah, down there in Morgantown anymore no I'm pretty yeah he uh moved back so no shit yep maybe I'll have to look him up this coming weekend when I'm back and hang out with him yeah I haven't I seen mean, him since me Drake and Forrest went to the drunken uncle <laughs> yeah it's been a while since I hung out with him because of work I mean I'm busy and by the time everyone's working or everyone's on uh, the weekends, so I'm working the weekends since my shift is Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. It's my day, Monday and Tuesday, and uh, everyone else is working. I get that, man. I definitely get that. My work schedule is, hey, we're sending you up here. You're working these days. Yep. And then uh, we'll let you know what happens next, and then it's Sunday evening before I got any word where I'm going next. only reason I know where I'm going this week is because I was on top of it and was asking about it by Thursday last week. I was like, hey, what's going on next week? Where am I going? What am I doing? Am I doing anything? So, but yeah, but I also have graduate school I got to take care of and get done before I go off hoo-hawing with anybody. So, one day I'll be able to go hunt more because I won't be working nine to five labor jobs. Yeah. I'll have every weekend off, get paid on the summertime even though I'm not working go deer hunting as much as I can, try and do an elk hunt every couple of years. Yep. Perks of being a teacher. Yeah. And if anybody out there is listening to this and is a teacher and they do hunt, and what I'm saying is complete utter bullshit, please feel free to message me and wake <laughs> me up. 
Well, there's nothing more I don't like than being surprised negatively. Yep. I don't know the feeling. So is your brother hunting stuff too? Uh, not really. He, he mainly fishes. Hell, let's get him involved. I'll take I'm, fishing videos would be cool too. Talked to him about going hunting and stuff. I mean, he's went a couple times. Uh, I, I've taken him out turkey hunting many years ago, down when I went to hawking. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he uh, I mean, he doesn't really do it much. But he he's likes to about, fish, huh? Oh yeah, he loves it. What does he do? Like bass fishing, saw guy, walleye. He just goes out for leisure. It's yeah, pretty much leisure. I mean, we usually go catch whatever we can catch. Mainly it's like bass and stuff, but we yeah. also, uh, we do a lot of catfishing. I love so, catfishing because I don't have to yeah. do shit. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, we go out there at night, get a couple lanterns, uh, a Bluetooth speaker. Get you a case and, of beer. Yep. And we just sit there, do nothing, never catch anything, but, you know. It's the experience it's and the fun. About, yeah, it's not always about, uh catching something or killing something i mean right yeah most of the time you're just going out there just to hang out with your buddies and for the memories right i have more many memories of me not killing anything than me <laughs> killing something and so ain't that the fucking truth <laughs> yep and so um for people that well nobody really knows this probably but so i've i've kind of made Stephen the number two for all of grindstone adventure Involvement, no matter what it is, whether it's the podcast or the YouTube channel, Steven's the number two. Um, he's shown me the most interest out of everybody and has been more will, more than willing to send me stuff to help get the videos rolling and get information out and stuff like that. So that's why he's number two. Um, but this is something that me and him agreed on. Long, like, what did we start talking about this? About six months ago or something like that? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, it was sporadic for the first couple months but once I started getting into it and getting the material started doing it, it we heated up a little bit but um, we kind of agree no matter what we're doing hunting or fishing it's something we want our buddies involved in having fun it takes away the stress of life you're not worried about work you're not worried about having no money to get to work next week you're, you're just out having fun with your buddies enjoying life doing what we're supposed to and we want to pass it down to the next people that come behind us, whether it's, uh, I know your brother's married, so say he has kids, say we want to pass it down to your brother's kid or say my nieces when they're old enough, you know what I mean? That's what the whole goal of this is for. Yeah. Not necessarily this podcast because it's got some uh, filthy <laughs> language in it, but you know, yeah. when they're old enough, they can listen to it. Taking my niece fishing, she's she's five years old, and I already got her a fishing pole, and I helped her catch her first fish. There you um, go. I went fishing with my my niece. Well, I don't know if I can count both of them. They were both there this last late late summer, early fall. Went up to Lake Erie to do a charter fish. Me, and my dad, um, my brother, his family, and a couple Amish guys he knows because my uncle couldn't come that time, but. Well, we were at the place we slept at. We were sitting off the back porch fishing and stuff and catching bluegill and crappie. And my niece, Candy, was going nuts catching fish left and right. Outfished everybody the entire weekend. <laughs> and my other niece, 
who's one-year-old Delia, little Dilly Bean. She she was just kind of sitting there and taking in the whole scene the entire time. So, but that that whole trip turned out, in my opinion, I had fun, but the fishing up there it just turned out to be a bust, in my opinion. Like I don't think I'm gonna go back up there and fish Lake Erie again. Um, no, I'm, I I have good luck on Lake Erie. We like we spent. I don't remember how much we spent, but I just it wasn't like my forte of fishing. Like it wasn't for me. I have no problem with people doing it or going out excuse me, to do something like that. It's just it didn't it didn't click with me, so it's not something I'd be willing to spend a good amount of money to do again without guaranteed results. So Yeah. I mean I'm Hell, I might have just had just as much fun just going out in the boat and not having to worry about not catching anything. But yeah. the weather wasn't real great up there, but I would have had more fun just sitting on the back porch, hanging out, cooking out, catching bluegill. I'm I'm more of a bluegill fisher type, fisherman type person anyways. I like to catch whatever bites. I'm not a big bass fisherman. I don't know how to work the water to catch the biggest bass. I don't know what all kinds of things catfish like to be able to catch catfish i i could throw a bobber on a hook and a hook on a line throw a night crawler on there and i can be set yeah have a ball, have a ball doing it like three fishing it's it's a lot different you think you know you little a little bit about fishing and i mean you do but yeah oh the last time i was on lake erie i went up for my uh buddy's bachelor party and we all did a charter and we kind of had a little competition of walleye fishing since walleye is really good on Lake Erie right now. That's what we were supposed um, to be fishing, but I don't think we got any. The uh, um, so everything about that is like you have to everything you know about fishing in Lake Erie is all different. Yeah. So we went out there, and it was a, it was a kind of a bad day for walleye fishing. It was like it was really bad. Choppy, Choppy water. Yeah, and like so on the competition, like the other boat caught maybe I'd say like I think it was like six walleye. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up with like twenty three. Oh. So, yeah. We barely would have got if we would have kept everything that hopped on the line. We would have only gotten like maybe eight fish total that time yeah. we were up there. But it yeah. it was choppy water and stuff like that too. Yeah, we had like 23 walleye, a couple catfish, and some perch. Yeah. But it was a good day. Yeah, I mean, I remember going up there and as soon as we got to the dock the second time, because the first time you said, well, let's give it a couple hours to see if the water calms down, the wind quits blowing so hard. So we went back, hung out. When we got back there again, like my brother and his wife and the boat captain were like trying to like, they were like heavy on me, like make sure you you're eating you've eaten enough food because this is not like being on the ocean. You probably will get seasick, and we don't want to have to have come back early because you got sick. And I was like, I'll be fine. I yeah. say I don't get sick on anything that revolves motion sickness unless I'm in a car reading something for a long period of time. Yep. And we get out there and we're chopping around in water and stuff, and I'm like, I think. The ocean's worse than this. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, the ocean, it, something about different types of swells, and it's a little bit smoother, and this is hard and short chops, and it t- 
tips rocks the boat every which direction but east or something like that and i'm like yep. i feel no difference and i'm fine i mean i'm not yeah. ragging the captain or my brother or his wife for taking us up there and stuff i mean i had fun hanging out with my nieces that weekend and stuff so i mean i enjoyed that part of it it's just that kind of fishing ain't my thing but, I mean, I'll, I would try it in the ocean because, I mean, there's a thrill of, you know, you might catch a shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I, would hate I mean, I think whenever I was in high school, we went to North Carolina for vacation. We took a deep sea charter. My uncle Jim, Andy, me, and dad all went out on the boat. I ended up not catching anything but one shark. I think it might have been six feet long uh, or maybe shorter. I don't remember. Everything seems bigger when you're younger. Yep. But I remember we were sitting there BS and all of a sudden the line just went zzzz, and it was a race to get to the pole and I shoulder checked either my uncle or my brother to get to the pole first and I reeled in and the boat captain's like yeah I'm not letting you hold this sucker it was like a baby black tip so now I know that those are pretty aggressive sharks so I'm kind of glad he didn't let me hold it yeah you'd be, uh, you'd be on the water next yeah more shark chum come out and get it yeah, no thanks. That, that was fun, but it was also very cold. <clears throat> I don't remember what the temperature was, but it was like a stormy day, and like there was no sun out. Oh, we're almost at an hour here, so let's, we'll probably get ready to finish this up here soon. Calling her quits soon? No, no, I got a couple more things I want to talk to you about, but here soon. Let's say there's no time limit on it. What would you say... Uh, your favorite memory is as me and Lane thought hard about it last time he was on and both of us decided it was our last buck that we had just shot him for one reason it being his first compound kill on me because it was the biggest deer and it was my hard work coming to fruition for the last three years yeah um shit well I don't know what my favorite memory is but I mean one memory that always stands out uh, story that I always tell when I kind of just got into hunting and I was, wasn't even old enough to drive yet I'd always wait for my dad to get home from work he always got home at like 4.30 and it gets dark at like 5 yep. but we'd always rush out to our spot and so <clears throat> that's what we did one day and uh, so we literally just like run to our spot put the chairs down and we sit down and I'm telling you as soon as we sat down it wasn't even like 20 seconds later we hear walking yeah I'm like I'm like dad like cock the crossbow back he's like be quiet be quiet I'm like dad dad get this ready <laughs> he's, like, he's up there Sh shut up shut up <laughs> and I am not even kidding you we had this buck walk up probably within five yards of us never knew we were there and he yeah he goes walking by not even like five yards and yeah never even knew we were there but the bow wasn't cocked bow wasn't ready <laughs> and as soon as he walked away i looked at my dad and i was like can you get it ready now <laughs> like that old picture that goes around facebook every year what is it hunting with pawpaw in the picture and you're like 
Papa, Papa, would you hush? If you ain't ever quiet, we ain't never gonna see nothing. There's deer walking behind him. He's trying to point out. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but that—that's the whole point of hunting with people that's older than you, your grandparents, or your dads, to get told to shut up while you see the deer, and they wonder why they didn't see nothing. Yeah, we yeah we were we literally ran to our spot and yeah five yards yeah so I could have taken a little rock and just like tossed it at him he had never even knew we were there should have got up and wrestled him to the ground knocked him out took him home and raised him oh god dude <laughs> like it was a good buck too I mean for me being I'd say maybe 13 14 years old he was a good eight point probably is forward like I don't know 110 120 but yeah, yeah I, I would have shot him hell I would have shot anything when I was younger yeah you put Bambi in front of me with the stripes and while it's giving a ride to Thumper on the back of it and I'm fucking shooting him but yeah. I mean I don't do that anymore but you know what I mean when you're younger you'll shoot fucking Jack Black if he walks across the woods in a deer costume <laughs> and that's the thing that I wish I would have I would have been different from when I started um hunting with my dad I mean he was kind of the same he didn't want to shoot like yearlings or if a mom had a couple yearlings with her he didn't want to shoot the mom right but I mean when I'm starting out at 10 years old I want to shoot whatever I want mm-hmm. I don't know I, I'm, I'm right now I'm a firm believer of shoot what makes you happy and like no trophy shaman who cares about the size like I still get freaking buck fever you know all the shaking and oh, whatever yeah. I the doe walk by yep I get excited and so the day like, that you don't is the day that you should quit hunting yeah you know, and so it was it took me eight years to shoot my first deer oh and wow. yeah and my first deer was a yearling <laughs> and you know what you still loved it the best and you probably got some great taste in back straps Dude, I, by the time I got that deer, I skinned it up. I had the, by the time I killed it, it was probably an hour and a half when I had the back straps on the grill. <laughs> I got that nice tender meat on there. Yeah. But I, that's another memory. Like, I, the day I shot my first, uh, first deer was October 15th. And, yeah, it was a foggy morning. We were all out drinking and partying the night before. I was the only guy that woke up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hunt. You were drinking and shit. How old were you? Uh, I was 19. <laughs> so I started. No, I would have been 18. Yeah. Eight years before I shot my first deer, I was started at 10. So, I mean, hey, I was drinking, you know, water and stuff. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew. That's what happens when you drink Bud Light. You drink water. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's poking at you, Zach Blake. So, yeah, I, I was the only one that woke up, and I busted, like, I went inside of, like, three deer, and I was like, I don't even know if I should go out, but I literally walked in the stand and sat there for maybe 20 minutes. It was a really foggy morning, too, and I saw the blur of the deer walking in. I stood up, got my bow ready, I came to the corn pile, and I let her eat. Hell yeah. And I say a lot of times when you go in in the mornings, um, the deer, 
they may spook out. You may kick them up and stuff. But a lot of times when deer are running or trying to get away from something that they're not sure what it is, what they do is they'll circle around and get upwind, and then they'll come back to where they were to see if they can get behind it and see what it was. So that's probably what happened there is you kicked them up, and they circled right back. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. That's kind of what happened with my first deer. I always say I, I, I always joke around and say the corn uh, the baby had uh, cornflakes for breakfast. It just got off the mom's teeth for the milk and it came to my pile. And <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to say that. Yeah. My first yeah. deer, um, I remember we were down at the cabin, southern Ohio. It was 2006. I don't remember what the date the day was or what month it was, but it was 2006. Don't even remember how old I was. And we're down there hunting. I got my 20 gauge. Andy maybe had his 20 gauge or a 12 gauge. I don't remember what happened, what he had. But we were hunting down there. My dad's hunt with Baby, which is a 357 Magnum. And uh-huh. me and Andy are sitting there, and Dad's supposed to be driving to us. And we hear pop, pop, pop. Quiet. And this is where me and Andy also learned a valuable thing about hunting in the woods during gun season. We made the mistake of, well, fuck. Dad must have got something. Let's run to him. Let's run towards where the shots came from. So we bust ass in the woods, running right for the freaking sound of the shots, and that's when we learned you never run towards gunfire during gun season. My dad was so mad at us about that, but we never did it again. So he actually yeah. did get one. He clipped it in the spine, put it on the ground, and as he was getting ready to put it, put it down is when we showed up, and he had to you know, give us the lesson and stuff. So he hadn't put it down yet, but he had calmed it down. And obviously it wasn't feeling nothing because it wasn't like trying to wheelbarrow, get away or anything. It was just, it was on the ground laying there. All it could move was its head. So it wasn't feeling anything. And dad got it all calmed down. Me and Andy walk up and we start petting it and stuff, which is one of the coolest memories I have to this day of a live full-size deer. I was petting it before it was dead. And at that time, we didn't know a whole lot about the arthritis thing, you know. So dad's like, well, I don't know how often he's going to be able to hunt years coming forward. So he handed me the gun over Andy. And I put that barrel right to that sucker's eyeball and blew its brains out the back of its head. (laughs) And then dad grabbed the gun and off he went, following another blood trail because he had clipped another one. Uh, I I think he ended up not being able to recover it because it went onto another person's property and all you heard was bang, 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 bang. So it died, but we didn't get it. Right, neighbor got it. But that, that was the first deer I ever killed. And now, obviously, Andy probably hates that I do hunt more than him now because that means he probably would have got the gun to shoot the deer instead of me. But I also give Andy a bunch of, bunch of junk because I've killed two deer with that, that handgun. Um, I've shot one at 70 yards with iron sights and dropped it, which was one of the coolest shots I've ever made in my life. Um, but you know, that's a memory for something off camera, off, off audio because of circumstances and stuff. But I do remember in middle school set seventh grade cause I quit baseball in seventh grade before I joined up and played one more year in eighth grade. Um, Andy was playing in Carrollton, you know where the ball field in Carrollton is, right? Yeah. I'm say you probably played there. You like baseball too. Uh, Andy's playing in a game, and I'm, I didn't get to stay home because I was too young at the time, so I had 
was just hanging out back behind the field tossing a football or something around. And me and this one kid were walking out back to toss the football again after their game started. I walked up on this fawn. Spotted fawn, probably less, smaller than, I don't know, bigger than a corgi, but smaller than a lab, a full-size lab, somewhere in there in yeah. the mixture. It took off running, and I bolted after it, and I like ended up sideswiping its hind legs and taking it out on a dive, like Troy Palomalu taking shoelaces out. So I got up faster than it did, and I grabbed that sucker and walked over to the ball fence where my mom's standing inside the fence taking pictures. I said, Mom, can we take it home? And she's like, no, we don't need another dog. And I was like, Mom, this ain't a dog. That's a deer. <laughs> she come over and looked at it. She's like, where did you get a deer? And I said, I found it. <laughs> and then I realized, Dad come over, and he's like, you need to let it go like right now. And I was like, well, why? And this is when I learned that I probably killed that deer because its mom probably never took it back. It had, it had my scent all over it. So another le- lesson I learned. But thing that I can't stand the most like I've had people like on Snapchat like I've known and they're like they find a deer and they're literally standing right next to it and like I Snapchat I was like you need to get away and do not pet it yep as much as you want to don't do it and unless you're gonna take responsibility for it and take it home get the paperwork so you don't get a huge fine and raise it the right way yeah next thing you know they post on their story again of them petting it and hugging it and I'm like you probably killed it now yep I won't ever unless I'm going to take it home or it's wounded and I'm getting ready to kill it to put it out of its misery I'll never touch a live deer again unless it's in like those circumstances or it's behind a 12 foot fence yeah because I learned my lesson then and I'm not trying to go around and just kill random deer because I put their scent, my scent on them like that's unethical but you know what you, you heard about my dream hunt earlier because I've had the dream to go out elk hunt with a bow for years. What, what would be your dream hunt? Something similar? You know, if I had... If I could go hunt anything right now, dude, I'd love to go to Alaska and hunt a moose. A moose? Yeah. I wouldn't want to even imagine what the pack out on one of those would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> those are 1,400-pound animals. I know, but Jesus. I mean, an elk's 900 minimum, probably. Yeah, they could be 800 to 1,000 pounds. Yeah. But, dude, standing within... And you've seen those videos of people standing like five yards and shot. <laughs> and you sometimes you'll have to shoot them twice, even with yeah. a gun. What do you want to hunt it with, a bow or a gun? You know, I probably wouldn't be picky. If it was a gun season, I'd probably use a gun. But if it was a bow, I'd use a bow. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm choosing to take a bow because I've wanted to bow hunt an elk for years and years, but I don't want to wait 10, 15 years to draw a tag, so I'm, that's why I'm doing it over the counter. Yeah, I don't blame you. And it, I mean, there's so much opportunity out there. You just, if you know how to do it, get in there and be able to stay in there, and you can call, you can get in there and after, and probably come out with an elk or get some good encounters. I probably yeah. won't see jack shit when I go next year, but <laughs> I mean, my buddy went last year, didn't see anything but mule deer, and I'm gonna look into it and see if I can double up and get a mule deer tag as well as an elk tag, and that way by like the end of the week, if I haven't seen an elk, I'll just go try and get a mule deer. 
but oh, I'd get both, and whatever showed up first, I'd shoot. Well, I'd be going out there for elk, and I'd hunt all week. I'd probably hunt the first couple days, bull elk only, and then towards the next day or two, and be like, all right, anything go, anything goes. Yeah. Obviously, it has to be legal, but and then towards the last couple days there, it'd be like whatever walks in front of me, but whatever is alive. Yeah, like I don't know how to call. I mean, I'm, I know what it's supposed to sound like, but it doesn't mean I know how to do it. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know what all gear I'm going to need. Like, my buddy Lane's sent me a list, and I've started pricing out stuff and looking up, because i got a while to get all it together, unlike him. He's got most of it, but he still needs other stuff. But, I mean, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. We're not yeah. professionals or anything. Like, we're not going guided tours, so it, it's a huge risk and I mean most of the units out there they have under 10% success rates yeah and they have hundreds of hunters on them during the season yep so man that would be a that'd be a cool trip going up to Alaska yeah no kidding be up there hunting for six hours what would you do with the rest of your time because it's all I get up there about six hours of daylight in the summer and less in the winter in the fall I do some fishing though too. <laughs> take a take a big handgun with you. That way, if a old grizzly bear comes walking by, you can you can at least go down fighting. Uh, yep, I have a forty-four magnum. Well, that'd be enough to piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> I got a nine millimeter. It's enough to make sure my <laughs> face gets eaten. Yep. Yeah, I I I wouldn't mind going up to Alaska to. To try and hunt something. I don't know if I'd want to hunt a moose. I think it'd be sweet. I think it would be too. I don't know what moose meat tastes like. <coughs> huh. Yeah. I wonder if moose meat tastes good. I would imagine it probably does. I know elk tastes pretty good. I know black bear, depending on what they've been eating on, tastes really good. I've it heard mule deer taste pretty iffy, but I've never had it, so I'm not going to say if it is or not, but... Bison is probably one, like, dude, if I could get a bison hunt, I would do it just because I want some bison burgers. That's, I don't yeah. care about the steaks or anything. I want bison burgers. Yeah, I, I would, uh, yeah, I'd definitely do that. But you can't hunt them. Yeah. So you going to go out anymore this year, or are you uh, just kind of going to wrap it up? Well, it's work. All depends on uh, the weather. We're going to be getting a lot of snow. Which snow we're supposed to be getting a lot of snow next week. Uh, I'll go, but yeah, if we're getting snow, I probably won't be able to. Yeah. And I know the season's going to be ending very, very shortly. I think there's about two and a half weeks left. I thought it was like February 6th or something like that. Well, that's it's, okay. it's already the 30th, so yeah. I thought it might have been the 26th. I don't know. I can, I can look that up real quick. Yeah, I thought it was the, I thought it was like early, early February. Like, yeah, February 6th. Um, archery ends February 6th. You are right. So we got about seven days, eight days. Sweet. Uh, I don't.
don't know. When does the squirrel and rabbit and pheasant season end? I have no idea. I don't. I don't really do a lot of fall game hunting, so I don't know. I don't really pay attention to the the opening and closing dates. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been able to get out after them in a couple of years, but I do like rabbit hunting. Squirrel hunting's fun. Although whenever I go squirrel hunting, I see a bunch of deer, and whenever I go deer hunting, I see a bunch of squirrels. Mm-hmm. But them little bastards, fucking yep. furry-tailed rats. Yep. Gotta love them though; they taste good. Yep. Well, it's been a long time since that squirrel. Oh, I love it fried up just like a fish. It is good. That's yeah, been forever. I do like me some rabbit stew though, or some rabbit pot pie stew. Ooh, that's good. You ever had Himalayan soup? Well, I found him laying on the road and threw him in the soup. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was about to say, you know, I'm not really a soup kind of guy. I don't really eat soup. <laughs> oh, I, I saw that on Facebook the other day. Oh. Grandpa was making jokes. Yeah. <laughs> trying to call me old? No, I'm just saying that's kind of a joke that my grandpa makes. Oh. Yeah, it did come off as a dad joke, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I should probably get off here and get ready for get my dinner rolling. I gotta clean my apartment tonight, so I gotta leave tomorrow to go up to PA. So, well, I'm I guarantee you'll be back on this again. So, yeah. I've already been working on getting some other people lined up when they want to schedule. I got someone that specifically wants to talk turkey hunting. Uh, I talked to a buddy today that wants to talk about video editing and audio editing. So for anybody that's just starting like us, it'll be a good one for them to tune into. And I got, I'm going to talk to my buddy about seeing if his dad wants to get on here. He's a pretty good bass fisherman. There's some good prospects coming up. And who knows, maybe down the road we can get working class bow hunter on here or maybe the Drury Brothers that's probably a that's probably a really high goal there, or maybe even a bone collector. Uh, but one guy I do eventually want to get on here is Ben Rising. But I love his show. But alrighty, man. Well, we'll talk to you here soon. Yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Yep. See ya. Bye. So that's Steven. He he has the same values of hunting as I do, as you guys all heard good guy he's he's a good guy I've always been friends with him but uh, yeah there's some good stuff coming up a um, couple people I know and went to college with a couple people I grew up with I'm going to try and get on here and I don't know what kind of schedule this is going to be like yet uh, I know I filmed one last night or recorded one last night but I probably won't drop this one for a couple days uh, so but I'm, I'm glad y'all are tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and say we only can get as big as what you guys allow us to. Uh, we only succeed if with you guys. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I'm Zach, your host, and this is Grindstone's Adventure. And I'm out.